Hello and welcome back to an almost typical brown girl. I'm your host and almost typical brown girl, Emsha. And if you could not tell from the background noise, well, you might be wondering, am I in India or Pakistan? I am not, but I am in the next brownest place, Brampton. My sister has something to add. Just shout it. Um, <laughs> hello. So we are currently in the car. So I currently Ontario. Oh, I haven't. Hold on. We are currently, you know, so currently where I live, um, we are under a stay-at-home order. So we left the house for the essentials, uh, dropping our sacred sister's gifts off, <laughs> you know, as one does. So anyways, what my sister was just talking about, we, a couple, so before Ramadan, which was four weeks ago, Febreze, Febreze and I will tell the story. Let me just set the scene. Please. So, yeah, it was, like, the weekend before Ramadan, and we were picking up st- items to make our Ramadan gifts, which I mentioned before. We were getting, yeah, groceries. yeah, just some, yeah, exactly. So we were picking up our Ruafsa, we were picking up our Kujur, you know, all that fun stuff. And um, as it is, as we are currently in a pandemic, we had to line up outside. And now Fabrice will tell the rest of the story. Don't click the X. So the line was really long. Hello there. Um, the line was pretty long. And, you know, everyone's social distance. And there's, like, little pieces of, like, you know, like, paint on the thing. Oh, and what? On the sidewalk. There was, like, oh, yeah, things on the... Uh, there were markers on the sidewalk. And so it was me, Em, and our mom. And then behind us, there's this... I guess there were a couple. There were two people. Yeah, I thought there were a couple. Yeah. A woman and a man. They're talking. They're, like, discussing their life plans. And they're very close behind they're us. Right behind us, man. This they're, is, like, pre-COVID lines. Even if we were in pre-COVID lines, I would feel uncomfortable. They're they breathing, breathing down, down our, our neck. Necks, okay? okay? I was... Like- I was so scared. Squared. I'm, I was very squared. Uh, I was so scared because I am very paranoid. Uh, I always think someone's going to kidnap me. But this, like, I was genuinely feeling threatened. And so um, Em turns around. She's like, can you guys keep a two feet distance, please? Bro, like, well, I don't even understand. It's not two feet. It's six feet. Uh, okay. It's two meters. It's, one. it's two meters. But, like, my dude, I shouldn't have to tell you. We've been in this pandemic for over a year now. And at the time of the story, it was, like, early april so it was like just over a year okay how have you not gotten the memo how have you not like <laughs> they were adults okay i'm pretty sure i'm okay i would understand if it was like someone my age who maybe like i haven't left the house honestly before now in ages like i didn't even know the way around my neighborhood because i've just been in the house for and my entire thing like, oh, yeah, okay sure, we're sorry. no but listen I would understand if it was someone my age because I don't leave the or house at all. Like or if it was little children. Yeah, okay. But this was a full adult. You have had to have had to leave, left the house at some point and you would have you were wearing a mask. I know you knew what you were doing, okay? <laughs> and they even had a shopping cart. Like their shopping cart, I I swear it was like pushed up against my butt, okay? Like <laughs> conversation i just remember like not wanting to turn like i felt i always wanted to turn around to see them just because i was so scared and then i was like no i'm not gonna turn around they're gonna know that i'm on to them it was just so irritating man i was it honestly cheesed me so much so yeah we're currently actually outside i guess my father's bringing samosas we just dropped off our gift. Yeah, like, yeah, wait, is Baba getting gift. samosas? I don't know. I don't know. We're outside an Indian sweet store, okay? I know I'm not Indian, but you know. Um, uh, so we're outside an Indian sweet store, and the only thing I can imagine my father getting for... Oh, he's still standing outside, man. Yeah. Getting from there is uh, samosas, because that's the only thing we usually get from sweet stores. Them. 
Oh, we get. Oh yeah, this is the. Oh yeah, this is the place we get fish from, bro. I love their their chutney. They have this one green chutney that looks like green paint. And you love it. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, their pink chutney is perfect. It's like the perfect ratio of everything. It's so well. I love it. Yeah. Oh, we were dropping off my gift, right? My person, they have a brother, right? Yo, that was funny. So I put it on their doorstep. We ring the doorbell. And I was, like, afraid that I didn't ring the doorbell properly. We get, I get into the car. We turn around because at the end, so we have to, like, do a U-turn. And this guy, he picks up the gift. He looks out and he starts waving to he us. He waved to us and he's one of my brother's friends. So I was like, yo, we just got to, like, text my brother, you know, tell him to tell him to tell him. Not the snitch. brother to be a true G and not snitch on us, but it was just so funny. And I was like, maybe he didn't recognize us. Recognize us, but the thing is, like, we're fr- like obviously we're friends. Oh, we wouldn't be doing secret sister with someone who we're not friends. And with. like our brothers are like really close. They're, they're yeah, always they're always yeah. They're they're even closer than us. He comments on their um YouTube videos. No, he does. He's like they're doing a trick chat video. He's like messing around a lot. Be real quiet. So yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> Like, they're so close, and he obviously didn't recognize our car. He's probably ridden, rode in our car before. Ridden, ridden, R- rodent. Rodent. Rodent in our car. Yeah. Yo. Some people are, oh, but it's before sunset, so we can't eat, and people are in the car next to us eating. I envy them. Anyway, so I'm really excited for Eid, and if you guys have been following my Instagram story, you would know that I need help choosing henna designs, but then nobody, nobody voted. <laughs> So, um, guys, follow me on Instagram and help me figure out what henna... My sister's gonna do one design on my hand, on my in the inside of my right hand. Yeah. Because I can't do my right hand anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the inside because I don't want a lot of people to see. I'm at 6%. Um, you might want to stop now. No, I'm not. I'm just turning the it's brightness down. Uh, I can record my podcast, yeah, that's and then I'm going to do it on the outside of my left hand. I don't like to do too much henna. So the thing is, like, I, I'm the one who does the mendy for my Why sister and myself. Baba, Baba's, Baba's nodding. He's like, yes. Yes, he says. That's the, that's when I waved, I, I waved, and then he nodded it. So anyways, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so usually I, I, I'm the one who does the mendy for my sister and I, so I do it on the outside of my left hand so that people can see it, and also because it's more stable than I do on the outside of my left hand. I'm right-handed, so obviously I would do it on my left hand. I can't do it on my right hand because I, I cannot do anything with my left hand. It's just, it's untalented, that hand. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. It just sits there. Even right now, I'm holding my phone, which I'm recording on, with my right hand. No, it's just sitting there. <laughs> I'm doing the hand gestures with my right hand. And um, I do it on my sister, where, whatever she wants. I usually end up doing like two or three sides for my yeah. sister. And then I like feet. I on the outside better than the inside. Oh, yeah? Me too. I like on the outside better too. Yeah, outside the color is just a lot prettier on the outside. Yeah, but my sister's going to do it on the inside for me. Just so that's balanced. For me, a big thing is also balanced. And also so, you know, people don't see it as much. No, no, no. That's not why. Uh, Gonna be the first. I think it's gonna be the first time you're I doing it on someone, right? To it, all those people go brown. But I'm like, yeah, I'm shot in the middle. That's what you should write, bro. So that's that's the that's the ideal situation. So yeah, I can't honestly. I can't wait for Eid. I'm not gonna go to school on so Eid. I don't care. You know what? I don't care. My mom was uh, my mom. I was telling my mom, I was like, I'm not gonna go to school on Eid. She's like, like you, you know, like why? You you aren't, you know. It's like online anyways. It was like it's the principle of it, you know. Last that week. person has really nice handwriting. They have typical Indian handwriting. The person who wrote Indian <laughs> Sweet Master. You just said this place now. They're going to track us. 
Uh, can you please uh, sponsor me? I love your I love your fish, guys. <laughs> and your please. Big chutney, please. And your big chutney, please sponsor me. <laughs> no, Last but Eid, I wasn't even that excited because like, what are we doing? We're just gonna sit inside, right? But this Eid, I'm so excited. Yo, last Eid was so much fun. I found pictures from last Eid on my phone. So last Eid, I remember it was super hot. And I remember this because we went to a dollar store to get Oh, yeah, the gifts. And I remember, the, the reason I remember it was so hot was because my mother was uh, was constantly saying, she's like, you know, like, you should be thanking God that it wasn't this hot during Ramadan. See, I have... And I also remember people were gathering. It, it was, like, a uh, little day. Like, it was the day after Ijaz Jose was murdered. Yeah. And then it was also people were gathering the Dalarama parking lot. And we did our photo shoot. And she had you text me. She's like, you look like a little model. The married one texted me. <laughs> the married one texted me. Uh, you look like a little model. Oh my goodness. Last Eid is so much fun, but I wasn't that excited about it I wasn't it done. Okay, so we went to dollar store to get the gifts, and then that night, uh, we we went to the... Oh my god, we went to Popeye's, and I think we had the new the new burger then, oh, right? Yeah. I don't remember what we were it eating. Was that night? Yeah, so we went to Popeye's, and then we went to the person whose house we just went to to drop off their gifts, remember? Oh. And then we also went to the other person whose house we, we just went, went to. both of their houses? Yeah, at night. I remember because they live nearby. I remember. And, um, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember. That was a really fun night. So, before we went to Popeye's to get the dinner, I was actually lying across the top of the hood of our car, posing for for a photo. I still have that picture. Yo, I have a lot of pictures of me just sitting on the hood of our car. We were doing a full-on photo shoot. Yeah. I was doing a photo shoot outdoors with my hair. So, I wasn't wearing my hijab because, remember? Yeah, yeah. And and I had my sister... I had my sister go outside because the front of our house has really nice lighting and there's a lot. It's like really beautiful out there. So I had my sister go out and see if there were any guys standing there uh, because obviously my hair was open. I was like, yo, Fabrice, like, are there any dudes out there? And she would go and she'd be like, no, no one. Why are you like annihilating that mask? It was already broken, okay? And is, is it the one that you were... Oh, never mind. So, um... What was I saying? Yeah, so uh, then I went. My hair, uh, honestly, I look back at pictures. It wasn't that nice. Yeah, the person comes out. I was hiding behind our tree, and then we're like, I was like, you know what? Let's just go to the garden. Our neighbor came out. Yeah, and then for next Eid, like the last Eid that happened, Bari Eid, Eid al Adha, uh, I wore my hijab that time for a photo shoot. It turned out nice. I enjoyed that one. That Eid, restrictions were actually easing up a little. So, you know, we all managed to meet up with some of our friends. So that was nice. Remember Eid al-Adha? We went to Harry Styles' house. Yes, I'm friends with Harry Styles. I had. I still have that picture. I still have that picture. That used to be my uh, lock screen. Oh, yeah, the first time we met their cat. Yeah, Yeah. Baba has fish. I think it's fish. It looks like a tray. Yeah, exactly. Machli. (laughs) Here's an Urdu lesson, guys. (laughs) Machli is fish. Ganja is worm. And Ganja is an earthworm. Now you know everything you need to know to go to Pakistan. Yeah, yo, you don't even... If you know Muchly and you know Ganshwa, like, why, what? You don't even know how, need to know how to say hi. Gets off the plane, needs a cab, but Muchly, Muchly! <laughs> yo, uh, bye, Muchly! Muchly! <laughs> I remember once I was watching... I don't remember what... I was watching a Mamamoo compilation, and Solar... Uh, who is the leader of the group uh, and also runs YouTube channel so let's see though she really likes to travel and so she, I don't know where she went but her cab driver was Pakistani and that just made me feel really good yeah whenever I see someone like, in a job or something I love the love so if you, every time I see someone like in a job or like anyone remotely Muslim like 
Yes, I know. No, yeah, I feel like for me it's even stronger since I also wear hijab. By the way, my father just gave me the kana, the muchlis, the, the fish. Uh, I think it's fish magoras, right? Yeah. Yo. Fish oh, there's even like something not. Oh, oh, this is like muli and stuff. That's radish. Oh, yeah, they always give you a salad. Yeah, I love that salad. I love the muli, man. The reason... Okay, if so one of the interesting things I've noticed... I don't see any pink sauce. I see the green one. One of the interesting things I've noticed... Uh, so, muli in Urdu is radish. And then, when I got into Mamamu, I learned that mu in Korean is also radish. So, I just thought that was interesting. Mu and muli, do you get it? Yes. Okay, she didn't show any reaction. No, no, I was busy with the snacks. Oh, yeah. No, no. The important stuff. Yeah. Yeah, anytime I see someone, like, they're Muslim, they're Pakistan, anything, I'm like... Yeah, I just automatically feel a connection to them. Like, there's an episode of Rosanna Pantino's show, Bigtopia. It was the first episode, and there was a hijabi, and I was like, I want her to win. Oh, what? I don't remember her name. But the first round, okay, the first round was like... Put some alcohol into your cupcakes, and she didn't put any. And then she won the first round. So you know, yeah, I felt so happy. I was like, yes, I know her. Yes, I was rooting for what her. Is, what else is Bo? Is, is, like, what else is? I think he's waiting to pay. Oh no! But if you ordered online, wouldn't you just pay it online? No, you don't. No, he ordered on the phone. Oh, why did he order that? Oh, I don't remember this. Okay. Yeah, our father doesn't like to... <laughs> he doesn't like to order stuff for delivery. So, like, for example, as you all know, the other day, which was, like, two months ago, I ordered boba for delivery uh, to my house. And uh, I asked my dad first, and he's like, yeah, it's no big deal. Like, he he didn't mind, but he personally is very, like, anti-delivery. We ordered... Um- so we ordered some Popeyes the other day. <laughs> wow, I thought it makes it sound like our diet only consists of Popeyes. <laughs> I swear we eat other things. It's just that where we live, Popeyes is a halal option. And it's a we safe halal option. Yeah. No, yeah. The only it's like a it's like it's nearby. It's halal. It's safe. Yeah, I have many stories about Popeyes. Anyway, so what was I saying? Yeah, so we my father ordered. I think it was like on Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes or something. And he he ordered Popeyes. Ordered yeah, he he was like, this is why I don't order online. He accidentally ordered chicken tenders. We don't usually eat those. We order like he. Yeah, actually, yeah, I really like them. The bucket chicken, whatever you call it. Yeah, I've got a story about this. But yeah, about my Popeyes. sister has a story about Popeyes. So we have a friend whose um, mother owns Popeyes, right? No, I think now she's just the manager. Okay, she's the manager of the Popeyes. Well, we have a friend whose mother manages Popeyes, right? And so, you know... Back when she owned it. This is story from back when she owned it, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Uh, they just extend the Popeyes, but that's not... Why that with the skip the dishes bag, man? He's, but that's he's not... <laughs> whirling it around. <laughs> he just threw it onto his yeah, car. he's just so mean to it. Um... So we went to, I, me and like my mom just like got out of school or something. Like we were doing something. I think I just got picked up early from school or something. And so we go, we, the immediate first thing is we go to their Popeyes, right? We went to Costco, I think, and we were just coming out and we went to Popeyes. And so we go and we're like, oh yeah, can we get this? And we go, we order our things. And um, the person, our family friend, she comes out and she gives it almost all for free. She's so sweet, honestly. And, okay, so we're sitting for our food, right? And so an employee comes out, not the cashier, just a random employee comes out with fries, and she's like, yeah, our, our owner told us to give these to you. And she's, I was like, oh my goodness, and my mom puts... What if they gave it to the wrong brown person? 
That would have been funny. I feel like she was in the thing pointing to us. Oh, yeah. The one with the weird kids. The one with the the (laughs) five-year-old. The the one with the horse. No, this was, like, when I was in grade five. Uh, yeah, and then like oh, short- you know what, guys? Okay, sorry to cut that off, but yeah, I'm not really sorry. Uh, back before coronavirus, back when last year, from the beginning of last year until the pandemic, until the beginning of the pandemic, I used to teach second graders Islamic studies, and boy, do I have a whole bunch of stories. My favorite is this one kid you who. Do an entire episode about them. Yo, no, I'll do one right now. Uh, what's his name? What should I call him? Sam. Sam. Not <laughs> <laughs> So there's this dude called Sam. That's not his real name, you know, but he's one of my students. He was one of my students. He was, uh, so I used to think two years, second graders are seven years old, and I'm pretty sure they are, but like whenever I would call them seven years old, they would get pretty defensive and be like, no, we're eight. Yeah, they're seven. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyways, they'd, they'd get so mad, man. They'd be like, no, we're eight. I was like, okay, kids, whatever you say. No, I'm going to talk about the show and tell. Oh, okay. That was like the first ever story you told me Yeah, this is the fun... This dude, the kid Sam, he was the funniest kid by far in class. He was just wild and... Okay, so I decided that we were going to have a show and tell in class, as teachers do. So I was like, okay, bring in an item and just, you know, show it. It's not not very hard. You show and you tell. Thank you. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It means so much. So, um, the dude in the car next to us is staring at me. I do not appreciate that. That's creepy. (laughs) Anyway, so Sam, so I told him that, okay, show and tell is next week. And, oh, I wonder if the dude heard me say that. (laughs) Oops. So show and tell. I was like, guys, show and tell is next week. And so they're like, okay, okay that's actually better. <laughs> so then next week comes around and only one kid brings in her show and tell and i'm like okay show so the, sam also brings in his show and tell he's like uh i was like uh he's usually the first one there so i was like yo did you did you bring your item for show and tell and uh sam is like oh yeah i just picked it outside because i forgot so he like outside there was like a bit of a garden so he picked some flowers or weeds <laughs> or something he just yeah he, no out of the thing no so you remember how there was like a basketball court out oh, there yeah, yeah. and then there was a bit of grass so he would pick up he picked like up some weeds or something from there <laughs> he's like oh yes yeah, only and the then best stuff. and then he comes in and he's like yeah i forgot so i brought these and then since only this one girl brought stuff i was like okay guys she'll present today everyone else next week and so I thought Sam was also going to present today because he brought an item in. Uh, no, he did not. He, he he turned... The second I said that, he turned around and threw it in the trash. I was like, yo, why did you throw it in the trash? So I'm like, um... I was like, why did you throw it in the trash? And he's like, well, you know, I'll just bring something next week. I was just checking to see my audio was working right because I was just trying to record and it didn't. Anyways, <clears throat> so um, Sam says that he's uh, gonna just bring something in next week. So next week, you know, we were the next week. It's time for show and tell now, and Sam's in late, and I'm like, okay, he's not usually late, so I was like, whatever, maybe maybe he's just away today. His mom, his mother, knocks the door. And I let her in, and I was like, yo, Sam, like, you <laughs> you were late, like, well, what's up? And his mother, his mother was honestly, like, she's so funny, she's like, yeah, he wasn't eating his dinner. I was like, oh, uh, why weren't you eating your dinner, Sam? And now, I'm not sure if this is just a generational thing or what, but, like, back in my day, if you didn't eat dinner, it wasn't because you just didn't 
like what was for dinner. It was because you weren't hungry or like your parents were mad. Back in the day, okay, your parents were mad at you or or something like that. It wasn't like, oh, I just didn't like what was for dinner, so I'm rebelling. But Sam full on says, he's like, oh, I just didn't want to eat what was for dinner. I didn't like that food. I was like, excuse, excuse me. Now, maybe it's like, I'm not much of a picky eater. Anyone knows that really. Like, you just have to see my post if there are snacks to know that. So I'm not sure if this is just like my own thing, but I was like, I was shook. I was like, yo, the disrespect here, you know, your mother spent time and effort into cooking that and you're just going to say no anyways. So he's like, I just didn't want to eat it. And I was like, okay, then I guess. And, um, uh, and then his mom asks, she's like, she's like, she tells me, she's like, can you please tell him to eat his dinners? I was like, yo, Sam, you got to eat your dinners. Okay. It doesn't really matter. You have to eat. And then, and then she's about to leave. And then she's like, yo, did, where's your show and tell stuff? And he's like, I don't know if he's embarrassed of her or what it is. It's like, oh, I'll take it out later. And then she's like, take it out. Show me that you have it. <laughs> because honestly, that makes sense. Like that's as a mom. And these are like seven year olds, seven or eight year olds. Pardon me. So like, I would also be checking to make sure that they, they have what they have. So she's like, show me that you have it, please. And, uh, he, t- <laughs> he takes out of his pocket, these smushed flowers and uh and i was like yo is that your show and tell item and he's like yeah they are and uh i don't really remember who show and tell was about but yeah that's the story of sam i have multiple many stories of him but um i actually have so many stories about that class i don't know why that never came up i'm actually currently having my post to thar snack i'm recording this episode insanely late because i woke up today's monday i woke up this morning on time for class, oddly enough, and I went to class, and then, and then after class was over, I went upstairs, what is this, more food? What is it? Huh? Yeah, you can have a sip of my tank, oh, yummy, I love chips, guys, I think I was talking about this, I have an obsession with what flavor is it? Excellent, whichever one you want to give me. I don't like it. You too, whichever one you like. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Were you eating chips before you came? I don't want chips. And all your entire hand is covered in it. So I have like yeah, I have an obsession with chips. Close the door on your way out. No. So I woke up this morning and then I went to class and then after class I went to sleep for three hours. Three hours. That's that's like insane. And I woke up at two. And then I had a debate meeting. So I went to debate and then after debate. I just went to watch TV for a couple, for an hour, doing some knitting and watching TV, and then at four I came downstairs and did some chemistry work till around five, and then from five to seven I have to teach. So before I was teaching, I was doing a little more. I was finishing up my research for this episode. Now I'm gonna definitely be doing a lot. I have like a feast in front of me now. So. So I finished up doing my research, I te- taught, not after teaching, iftari at the moment is around 8.30, uh, so, and so obviously you're gonna start cooking before iftari, so was, I was helping my mom in the kitchen, and then iftari, prayer, now it's now, now I'm recording, so that's why I'm having my post iftar snack, now, cause it's post iftar. Well, I didn't know we were going to have chips, otherwise I wouldn't have taken this as my snack. 
my other snack. Anyways, so school-wise, I'm doing pretty okay. It's Eid this week, actually, so it's either going to be on Wednesday or Thursday. So I only have one class squad, and my teacher's really sweet, just so she's like, we're not going to have any assessments this week because of Eid. And um, I have a, what do you call it? An ESC meeting tomorrow, and it was moved to Tuesday rather than Wednesday because of Eid. I just have a lot of Eid-related things going on in my brain right now. I have to choose what kind of Mendy design I'm going to do on my sister and myself. Well, my sister usually chooses for herself. I have to choose one design for me. Then I'm going to let my sister do. My sister, this is going to be her first year doing Mendy on, like, an actual person. So I have to help. So I have to choose one that I think would be pretty easy for her to do on me. And then I have to choose what makeup look I'm going to do. Um, yeah. So that's why, like, I genuinely can't think about anything about school right now because I'm just so excited for Eid. I think that's all that's happening, honestly, school-wise school, school for me. Um, University-wise, it's been pretty silent, but I know since it's, like, almost mid-May. Well, actually, it is mid-May, so a lot of universities are going to be coming back with responses at, around now. Which is interesting, exciting, scary. So, yeah, anyways. I can't really think of anything else to talk about, so we're just going to move on to the entertainment segment, which... I feel like would be a great euphemism for what we're about to talk about, because... This, none of this is entertaining, but I feel like all this goes under the entertainment segment. So first of all, last week, you know, you guys know I was talking about... Um, what was I talking about? I ended up talking about Prime Minister Modi. Oh, India's oxygen crisis, right. And so I then went back to watch that uh, Patriot Act episode that I was talking about a lot last week. So here are my notes from that that I'm going to talk about. Uh, so the first thing I want to say, the civilian perception of politics and how we say to not talk about it for fear of backlash and... Um, so basically, I don't know. So in Pakistani and Indian culture and Desi culture overall, I would say there's a very what will they say mentality. Where like, I think that I kind of discussed this when, when I was interviewing my mom for the podcast. Where even when I was choosing what programs to apply for, my mom would look at the cutoff averages and be like, you know... What will auntie say if she sees that? Or that kind of thing. And obviously, that kind of way of thinking has definitely brushed off on me. Since that's what I've been raised with. I'm trying actively to kind of go against it. And I think this episode is going to be pretty controversial. And will also definitely be going against the that kind of thing. I feel like ordinarily... I wouldn't have done an episode on, um, I'm going to be talking about Palestine today, basically. And I normally would not have done an episode on this, because I know, I feel like I, I think, (laughs) uh, from what I know, I think a couple of my friends do listen to this podcast, and so, brown friends, uh, so, like, the kind of what will they say kind of mentality will definitely, wow, now I'm thinking of this. 
So, you know. So, and I feel like this kind of ties into this point that as... I'll, I'll be the first one to say this. I wasn't raised in a very... Like, in an environment where politics were what my... my I barely knew... Like, I wasn't... Okay. So, I'll be watching home videos from when I was younger. And my parents and I would primarily communicate in English. And, um... We used to live... I don't know if that has anything... I don't know why. But my parents and I would primarily communicate in English. And only now am I getting to learn Urdu a little better. Like, um, like I definitely had an accent, and I think I'll have to play a clip of uh, when I before right before I moved to um Canada, and like that's I moved to Canada pretty young. Well, actually, I immigrated to Canada when I was like one, but then we moved away, and then we moved back to Canada when I was almost ten. I was nine actually, and um. I had a pretty strong accent when I came to Canada. And, like, at that young an age, you still, like, can... Like, now my accent... Is, I wouldn't say it's, like, Canadian. But it's definitely not desi. So, it's definitely, like, developed over time. So, yeah, as I was saying, I wasn't really raised in, like, an environment where my parents would actively talk to me about politics. And I was... I will say, I'll be the first one to say it, like, I was pretty sheltered growing up, like, we were talking about, um, like, honestly, I think just having social media has made me more socially aware of the different ways, like, politicians affect your day-to-day life and stuff like that. Sorry, I'm, like, I'm very out of breath because I'm eating and talking at the same time. Yeah, so... And I feel like, I'm not sure if this is just a universal Desi thing, but, like, when I was watching the, I'm, I know that was that part was scripted when I was watching the Patriot Act ep- episode, but, like, a lot of people were saying that, like, you know, don't talk about Indian politics uh, publicly because you're going to receive a lot of backlash. Um, and then one thing that really resonated with me, politics is like a jalebi, round, round, round. You don't know where it starts and you don't know where it ends. That's a quote. Okay. Now into the ad, that was that was a little bit of a joke. Yeah, my sister was next to me when I was reading the notes and she's like, what? The, the auntie was saying politics is like a jalebi and the way my sister's head snapped, she's like, what? Politics is like a jalebi? Like, what's the... Uh, yeah. So yeah. Okay. This is also a quote. Since Modi came to power, India has become more hostile to minority groups. There has been a resurgence in Hindu nationalism in India, where basically the idea is that India should become a mostly, like, it should be based on Hindu ideals, that you should become a Hindu nation, which goes against secularism, which is, like, really strongly, like, which is really prominent in the Indian constitution. Uh, India is the largest democracy on earth. Therefore, this 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 bewildered me, 464 political property, property, let me say that again. 464 political parties and coalitions have to be formed. Like, you can't, people can't win a seat in government. Like, parties cannot win a majority. Like, it's very unlikely because they're like 464 uh, parties, you know? So, very unlikely to win majority. And the only way somebody can win is if they form coalitions between parties. B- BJP, which is Modi, Prime Minister Modi's party, won the very first majority in India since 1984. 
And he has a very India first. Like his campaign was based on like India first. Okay. When so then they were playing a, tr- a clip of something that Trump said, and he's like, Trump was like, "We love the Indians. We love the Hindus." And it just made me like it kind of tied back to what was happening before where the resurgence in Hindu nationalism, where even Trump refers to India as a place of Hindus. But in reality, India is like actually uh, they were saying it's like all the major religions and um, are practiced in India. Like it's one of the most diverse places on earth, basically. Okay, so Modi. Modi is the only Indian prime minister to have never held a press conference in his own country, so that he would never be questioned for his like his actions. Okay. Then one of Modi's like campaign promises was like, um, we're gonna make sure that unemployment rates in India will go down. But under Modi. Unemployment is the highest it's been in 45 years, and this is with hidden, like, Modi's government have definitely been hiding unemployment data, and it has definitely been, like, shown. Right? Farmers have financially suffered, not only the current, like, what's happening with the farmers right now in India, like, even before that, in his, um, when he was first elected back in, earlier, <laughs> um, so, like, I think this is, like, his second time being elected, like, it was a, like, you know how, like, prime ministers can serve for two terms? I think this is the second thing. In a row. In a row. Uh, so, I'm not sure if this that's how it is in India, obviously. Like, but, you know. Alright? Fi- like, they, Modi's government is financially just not it. Not it. Okay? The BJP, which is Modi's party, are trying to strip mostly Muslim immigrants of their right to vote in the state of Assam. Uh, and it will be the single, I'm not sure if it happened or not, because this is a pretty old video. It will be the single largest voter disenfranchisement in recorded history. Meaning that, well, I mean, I think that's pretty clear. It's a very, it's going to be like, it's going to be on such a large scale that nothing like this has ever happened in history. And then there's also the Hindu nationalist movement, the RSS, which is, which kind of forms the backbone of BJP beliefs. And Modi is actually works really closely and he's like, unabashedly a member of the RSS, which is, like, a Hindu nationalist, like, extremist movement. Alright, they follow the ideologies of a book called Bunch of Thoughts, uh, which includes gems, (laughs) which includes gems such as the following. There are three major internal threats. The Muslims, the Christians, the communists. So, like, it has pretty clear views, okay? It's a religious extremist group, and RSS is after a purely Hindu India, which, uh, as a result, it's led to a lot of attacks and violence against Muslims and Dalits. Dalits are, um... So in Hinduism, they're different castes, and Dalits aren't even part of the caste system. Like, they're the lowest of the low in society. Um, so yeah. I mean, that's all I have from that video. I thought I took a lot of notes on that, but what I'm about to talk about, a lot of notes, guys, a lot of notes, and not even all of it is written down on paper, a lot, quite a bit of it is on my phone, actually. Okay, so, I have to go into my saved posts, because a lot of my information is on there, as well. Okay. Okay, so, um, the big issue I wanted to talk about today was so as we all know about i'm sure if you guys are active on social media 
Sorry, I'm taking another bite of food. You'll have heard what's happening in Sheikh Jarrah, which is um an area in Palestine. My father was saying it was actually like um a refugee camp that was gifted to Palestine by Jordan. And so I was doing a little bit of research on this. And then I found this Crash Course History video, which explains like the history behind the conflict. So I made a bunch of notes, like four or five pages of notes, so there is, this is definitely going to be a long episode, guys, I apologize in advance, but this is definitely an issue that needs to be spoken about. Just a quick disclaimer, and also, like, trigger warning, there's, there's mentions of war, war, the British, um, a lot of war, suicide, a little bit, um, death. Kinda. So, you know that. Also, a little disclaimer, like, I'm not Palestinian. I'm not related to anyone who is Palestinian. I don't know anyone in Palestine, um, personally, or anyone personally who's Palestinian. But I do stand by the cause. And I think it's an important, an important thing to note. So I'm gonna start off with a little bit of history. And then I'm going to talk about, you know, more about what's currently happening. Okay? Okay. So, yeah. So, this, a lot of my information is based off, and I will be telling you guys who, I will be crediting the, um, you know, where I got this information from. So, most of my historical, like, what I'm about to tell you is from Crash Course um, History, and it was communicated by John Green. Alright. So, the most important thing to note right now is the Israel versus Palestine thing, the what the situation that's happening right now, is not based on religious differences. And I think that's the biggest mis- misconception. Before I watched that video, guys, I genuinely thought it was a religious thing. Like, I, I did. And um, I think that's not being communicated enough in the media. Maybe now it's become more religiously motivated but at the root of it like when it first started it was because of the british spoiler alert uh-huh. it's only about the land and the portrayal of the conflict in the way that it's only religiously like it's it's only religiously motivated when that's one factor for millions makes it imp- makes it it's deliberate and it makes it seem like it's impossible to solve the issue okay so hold on right now i'm looking at this um post oh there's an at in the corner key four eight return that's who the person who made um this post okay so it's like a little graphic and i'll definitely post it on my story So, aren't Israelis and Palestinians just fighting over religion? They aren't fighting. Israelis are the oppressors and Palestinians are the oppressed. And the situation is about anything but religion. It's not like a religious thing. And because I'm, as I'm about to tell you, before the um, establishment of Israel, um, Christians, Jews, and Muslims all lived in Palestine peacefully. I'll read what is off the crash course thing and then I'll read from that graphic. Okay. 
So, Palestine was originally ruled by the Ottoman Empire. It was, like, under the Ottoman Empire's rule. And according to the records from 1878, so this is before Israel's formation, Palestine was 87% Muslim, 10% Christian, and 3% Jewish. And um, I believe the reason that all three Abrahamic religions were accounted for in that area is because it, they are pretty holy lands for everyone. Um, for all three Abrahamic religions. Okay? So, Arabic was the most commonly spoken language in Jerusalem. The religious populations were roughly the same. So, sorry, there's something stuck in my teeth. Okay. So even if you look at it like that, like if the religion three, if Islam and Christianity and Judaism, so if Muslims, Christians, and Jews were all able to coexist peacefully, then, then like it's definitely not like, like it's not like one day somebody, a Jewish person or a Muslim person went and started like fighting with the other side. Like people were living coexisting peacefully. The Ottoman ruled Palestine was a place where people lived together in peace despite religious differences. Okay, Zionists are Jewish, uh, so Zionism is Jewish nationalism, Jewish, I want to say extremists, Jewish extremists, okay? In 1917, the British government issued the Balfour Declaration, which says, which is basically, there's the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people. So, as of right now, I don't know how the British gave promised this land to the Jews because Palestine was still technically under Ottoman rule. And the Brits had also made similar promises to uh, for for Pal- in Pal- like of Palestinian land to Brits the Brits themselves to the Jews and then to the Muckins as well. I right? on to the Jews to the Zionists. After World War 1, Brits established a colony in uh, Palestine until they decided that Palestinians were ready to govern themselves, okay? At this point, the Ottoman Empire has fallen, okay? At this point, the Brits also established separate institutions for Christians, Muslims, and Jews to split, and, like, their goal was to divide and conquer Palestine. So they were uh, trying to colonize Palestine, and they were trying to split everyone up, basically, okay? Uh, between the 20s, 1920, and 1939, which is only about 100 years ago, the Jewish population of Palestine increased by three thir- hold on, 320,000 people, and by 1938, Jews were approximately 30% of the population of Palestine. Okay? Uh, so what the Jews did there, they purchased lands from non-Palestinian Arab landowners and then evicted Palestinian farmers who worked and lived there. And um, essentially, because of these practices, this heightened tension between the Jews and the Palestinians. And I think that was a good time to mention, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear Palestinians or Palestine, they immediately think Muslim. Um, As of right now, even, a large number of Palestinians are also Christian. So I think that's important to note. Okay. Eventually, Palestine had to revolt against the British in 1936 because of what they're doing. And with the help of the Jews, Britain suppressed the result. And as a result, 
Jewish immigration to Palestine was limited, and Palestine was supposed to establish a joint Jewish and Arab state within 10 years. Nobody was happy with these, like, turn of events. Okay, the Zionists weren't happy with limited immigration out of Europe during the Holocaust, and Arab Palestinians weren't happy that they needed to wait 10 more years to form their own state. Okay? During the Second World War, Palestine was actually pretty peaceful. And then after World War II, tensions resumed. And at this point, Britain decided that they didn't want to deal with that anymore, so they handed this issue over to the UN, the United Nations, which had just been formed. The United Nations voted to partition Palestine into Jewish and Palestinian states in November of 1947. Now, these states weren't very well bordered. It was like... Here's a patch for the Zionists, here's a patch for the Palestinians, and it was kind of like all mishmashed. It's like if you took two different colors of Play-Doh and kind of blended them together. Like, it wasn't like, okay, here's a definitive border between the Palestinian state and the Zionist state. Like, it was just, it was so strangely divided. Alright, but overall, like, the land, the the area was the same. Alright? So the state plan wasn't very well thought out, and in 1948, Arab-Israeli war broke out, which is Israel versus Palestine and other Arab states, including Jordan, and I forget, I believe, Egypt? Alright, so this war, the Israelis won, and in 1949, so the Israelis are like the Zionists. 1949, they occupied a third more land than they should have under the UN proposal, the original UN proposal. So they got a third more land, and... As a result, the Palestinians lost a third of their land. Okay? And because of this, Palestinians, so approximately 700,000 of them, had to flee and become refugees to surrounding countries. Okay? Uh, for Israelis, the war began their nation, and for Palestinians, it was a catastrophe that broke it apart completely. Then in 1967, Israel and Arab states went to war again in the Six-Day War, and it was... It's called the Six-Day War because it lasted six days. And at the end of the six days, the Israelis, the Israelis won. And they gained a bunch more territories from Jordan and from Egypt. Okay? Eventually, the UN they decided to intervene again. And they passed res- the Resolution 242 or 242. Don't know how you read it, but, you know. So, basically, it says Israel has to give up any territory that they acquired through war, including the Six Days War. And, um... They had to recognize the rights of both Palestine and the Israeli states to coexist. This didn't happen. Israeli-Arab conflict became more specific to and more streamlined, I guess, to Israel versus Palestine. And that's the conflict that we know today. Uh, Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO, um, was formed in 1964 and it was led by an individual called Yasser Arafat. Arafat and it was... It's mostly Christian, actually, this organization. They oversaw different groups that used violent and non-violent approaches to try and achieve a Palestinian state. Because you guys have to look at it like this. Essentially, the the Palestinians were forced to give over some land to the Zionists. and And then the Zionists tried to fight for more land. Okay. Um, the Israeli government established Jewish settlements in previous Palestinian territories. So they chased, and that's what's happening right now in Sheikh Jarrah. They're chasing Palestinians, they're evicting Palestinians from their home and giving it to Zionists and different Jewish people. Okay? 
these settlements that they're creating in the Palestinian territories are actually considered illegal according to international laws. And eventually in the late 80s, which isn't too long ago, Palestinians launched the first intifada, uh, which includes boycotts, which for those of you who don't know, boycott is boycotting the purchase of different products from a country. So boycotting Israeli products and services and then not paying Israeli taxes. Okay, I just took like a five minute break to breathe. Okay. Uh, okay, now Israeli government cracked down on protests and eventually violence ensued. And the first intifada saw the founding of Hamas, which launched the very first suicide bombing against Israel in 19... Is that 93? 1993. Hamas also had a lot of social welfare projects in Gaza. They were building schools, building and staffing schools, mosques, and clinics. And the first intifada actually led to peace talks between Palestinians and Israel, um, which is known as the Oslo Accords. And the peace process began began based on Resolution 242, the one that was proposed by the UN. Okay, this include uh, this included many issues. For example, the Jewish settlements settlements that were like I just said illegal rights for the refugees, Palestinian refugees to return, or their descendants to return, and the water rights, etc., stuff like that. Then the, there were Clint, the Clinton talks by the pre- President Bill Clinton, and actually these Clinton talks came pretty close to, to striking a peace deal between Israelis and Palestinians, but then it didn't happen, and then things got way, way worse. Then in September 2000, Prime Minister candidate Ariel Sharon led 1,000 armed guards to Temple Mount in the old city of Jerusalem. So Temple Mount, for those of you who don't know, Masjid al-Aqsa, which is the third holy site for Muslims, and it also happens to be the holiest site in Judaism. Okay? Uh, actually, Masjid al-Aqsa, so this happened in 2000, and now it's 2021, 21 years later, um, just around. And uh, if you guys have been keeping up with the news... Uh, Israelis also, again, walked into um, Masjid al-Aqsa recently, I think it was this week, and started shooting at people who were praying during the month of Ramadan. So people were praying, it was Ramadan, I believe it was, I'm not sure what prayer was, I won't comment on that, but it's, like, that's not a good idea ever. This event, so the the guards, the armed guards going to Masjid al-Aqsa led to the second intifada, in which 3,000 Palestinians, pardon me, 3,000 Palestinians and 1,000 Israelis ended up dead. In 2002, Israelis constructed a wall around the West Bank, which was originally part of Jordan and was taken during the Six-Day War. And it was supposed to just be a wall along the border of Israel and Jordan, but the wall included any Israeli settlements that were um, in Jordan. And... It was done for self-defense purposes to make sure that Palestinians couldn't legally take their land back. In 2005, Yasser Arafat, who founded the PLO, passed away. And then, since then, Hamas and Palestinian officials have been both taking care of Palestinian authorities, have both been kind of like governing Palestine. It hasn't been a very strong government. And Israel has extended violent invasions of Palestine, Palestinian territories and killed thousands of Palestinians. And Palestinian peoples have actually been denied a set state since like just before the formation of Israel, since the British really signed away their 
their estate. And they're currently living in a military-occupied state. So that's some of the history behind it. I just thought, like, there was just so much I didn't know history-wise, okay? Um, so back to that post I was talking about by Key48Return. If they aren't fighting over religion, what are they fighting over? And the little response bubble is there there is no fighting. There's only Israeli colonization. And I think the root of this problem actually is colonization, ethnic cleansing, military occupation, and Israelis are a group of people of settlers who are colonizing Palestine. Okay. Um Israel is I think as of right now considered a nation, but what they are essentially doing is colonizing, okay? And the reason they're able to colonize Palestine is because they have the support of other colonized settler colonies, uh, like the United States of America, where Britons came and colonized the United States, Um, Australia. I believe it was also Britain who went and colonized Australia. Canada, British, French, and Spanish came to colonize Canada. And former colonial colonial powers, the UK, France, Belgium, which means they went to other places and colonized them. And if these, basically, these are, I want to, I don't want to say, I don't, I don't want to say global superpowers, but really they are. They have a lot of influence over what happens around the world. Uh, If they were to call out what Israel is doing right now, they would have to answer some pretty pretty grueling questions about how we came to existence so like i was talking about this previously and i will be covering this soon on the show because i do know recently it was missing and murdered indigenous women's day and i realized after i did last week's episode that it was coming up and i was like oh i should have talked about it last week i didn't want to talk about it this week because i was already getting into a lot of like pretty messy topics talking about palestine um but like that would it would be like Canada having to address really what happened with the indigenous peoples um and then there would have to be like a lot of there would have to be a lot of reform even here in Canada for and justice brought for the people that were colonized here the people that were colonized that are being colonized right now in Palestine and just anywhere around the world. Okay? And so, since the beginning of Israel, um, four, five, over 540 Palestinian towns and villages have been ethnically, 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 ethnically cleansed, massacred, and destroyed. And it's resulted in the displacement of 7.2 million Palestinian refugees who do not have the legal right to return and reclaim their land. Okay? So that's kind of what's happening right now. What happened recently in Sheikh Jarrah? Okay. Um, this is another source. This is by Land Palestine on Instagram says four Palestinian families are facing eviction from their Jerusalem homes in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood. Okay? Sheikh Jarrah is this neighborhood. It's long been coveted by Israeli settlers. And in 2009, 2009 settlers evicted these families who were living in Sheikh Jarrah from their homes in the neighborhood. 
because Israeli courts has ruled that Israeli settlers are given kind of like more priority and they should be able to move into the Palestinian homes, the homes of these Palestinian people in East Jerusalem. All right, just take a deep breath and breathe. Israeli settlers want to take over all of Sheikh Jarrah to strengthen their hold over occupied Jerusalem. And what that means is like Jerusalem, the areas of Jerusalem that have been militarily occupied by Israeli forces. Okay? And in these areas, Palestinians are denied equal rights. Okay, And as of today, more than 200 Palestinians in Sheikh Jarrah face forced evictions to make more room for Israeli settlers. Okay. And then, what happened in Al-Aqsa Mosque? And this is a post by Muslim. Israeli forces fire on Palestinian worshippers at Al-Aqsa Mosque. Okay. Israeli forces terrorized thousands of Palestinian worshippers, unleashing tear gas, rubber-coated steel bullets, and stun grenades inside Al-Aqsa Mosque. And uh, for those of you who do not know, um, these are like the kind of tactics that the police force used during the BLM um, rallies and protests that were happening earlier last year. I have rubbers, rubber, bu- rubber bullets, which, like, I know are really lethal. I've seen damage of that. Oh my gosh. It's really disturbing seeing pictures of people who have been under these attacks. Tear gas. St- I, I do not know what a stun grenade is, but it definitely can't be any good in my mind. Okay. Over 200 Palestinians were injured, including 88 who were hospitalized, and one Palestinian lost an eye. Palestinians stayed at Al-Aqsa after prayers to pursue- Okay, so I I understand now. The reason why these Palestinians were- The reason why they attacked Al-Aqsa Mosque was because Palestinians were staying there past prayer time to protest the plans of evictions that were happening in Sheikh Jarrah. Alright? Okay, Israel's violence has a clear purpose. Ethnically cleanse Jerusalem of Palestinians to allow Israeli settlers to take over Palestinian homes. Nowhere in Jerusalem is safe for Palestinians. Palestinians. And honestly, I'm going to be honest, guys. I read, I try my best to kind of stay up to date uh, on all this, on this, on all this news. And it's really hard. And it really does, like, hurt my, hurt me in so many ways. Like, seeing that, like, have a little humanity at this point kind of thing, right? The court ruled that the 12 families that are on, the, that 12 of the families that are being evicted must pay $20 in fees to cover the settlers' legal expenses. So this situation has been happening since May 2nd, which was, as I'm filming this, like, eight days ago. Um, 
Far-right-wing Zionists march to the streets chanting death to Arabs. So you can see this is a, an ethnic issue. It's not really a religious issue at this point. Military forces raided homes, physically assaulted residents, including women and children, and arrested Palestinian youth defending their homes. Hi. Another post by the IMEU. Israel bombs Gaza. Israel is bombing Gaza again. As of right now, Israeli bombs have reportedly killed 20 people, including 9 children, and have injured 65. And these assaults have killed thousands of Palestinian civilians, including children. On top of that, since 2007, Israel has imposed a land, air, and sea blockade on the Gaza Strip. Students can't leave to study abroad. Sikh people... Uh, in need of care, die because Israel denies them the permission to leave for health care. 70% of Palestinians in Gaza are refugees. The refugees ex um, directly experienced Israel's ethnic cl cleansing campaign in 1948 and are descended from Nakba, which was the ethnic cleansing, the Nakba victims. Honestly, I think the most upsetting part about all this, obviously, other than the issue itself, you see a lot of public figures not talking about this in the least, not even acknowledging it. Like, alright, so for example, uh, I follow Jamila Jamil, you guys know this, I'm a huge fan of hers. She said, she mentioned it, she mentioned it, and she said that she wouldn't cover it because whenever she does cover, sensitive information like this she receives rape and death threats which i understand like i i couldn't handle that and i, f I have a feeling i'm gonna get some pretty negative responses to this week's episode and then i follow this other public figure blair Amani, who said that she the reason she's not covering it is because she doesn't want to spread misinformation but she does she does accept that like it happened and she wants to make sure she wants to she doesn't want to be portrayed as a news news source okay other than that i see like for example i follow ColourPop, uh ColourPop cosmetics i haven't seen a word from them um different brands for sure i haven't seen anything from i uh, for some reason i follow the try guys i haven't seen a word from them either I'm probably on their personal accounts where they'll post the most random things. Um, but I haven't seen a word on what's happening in Palestine. I had one more post I want to talk about that I actually shared on my public account. So, saved. Oh, I have two posts here. Residents are refusing to give up their homes, and the court postponed this, its ruling to May 10th, which is today. Uh, some families only have till next month to evacuate their homes.
Oh, so what happened in Alexa mosques? The people were forced, they were trapped inside the mosque, and medics weren't allowed to treat people that got hurt. And then their videos, I don't think I can watch it. There was actually a demonstration happening today in Toronto, which is nearby where I live. But I, I, I would have loved to go, but I I didn't. I For multiple reasons. I really would have loved to, but I have a feeling that the environment wouldn't have been too great. And then currently Ontario is in the middle of a pandemic, and I, for one, I want to be able to have these protests, but I want to be able to have them in a safe way. In compliance with the government, because if anything, Muslims can't handle any more bad press. I will post a petition in my bio today. Um, hold on. I was about to. I was gonna ask someone if they wanted to be interviewed for the podcast. Hey. It's a petition um, urging our foreign, so the Foreign Affairs Minister of Canada, Mark Garneau, to put out a better statement that clearly condemns the attack on the worshippers at Al-Aqsa Mosque. And I'll link it here. And what's happening in Al-Aqsa Mosque and Sheikh Jarrah. And please do go ahead and sign it. It would mean a lot to so many people around the world. Hi. I kind of don't want to end the episode here. I don't really have a lot more to say. Uh, You guys know usually I try to give at least a little bit of my own input on these issues. And I feel like I kind of have. These issues honestly are just... It's really hard. Like I said earlier, I haven't really been raised in a house, in in an environment where we talk too much about politics. Right? So... I'm only starting to get politically involved in different things right now. And even socially involved in a lot of things. Like, right now, as I'm doing this podcast. Like, you guys are seeing me doing all this stuff, like, in real time kind of thing. Like, obviously not in real, real, real time. But, like, once a week is pretty often. And it's crazy enough for me, as is. Um... Trying to adjust to a new, to new views and having new opinions and and having to do the, guys. If you don't know me, like I hate I hate doing research of the burning passion. But this, this topic was something I was interested in. It was actually stuff that I saw out on my own. Um, sorry. These kind of situations just baffle me. And not only the situations, but the fact that nobody, nobody does anything. Like, nobody with power does anything. Like, there's a lot happening, for example, right now in Kashmir. You don't hear about it at all. There's so much happening in Palestine, you don't hear about it at all. There's so much happening with Uyghur Muslims in China, you don't hear about it at all. The Rohingya, you don't hear about it at all. You don't hear about all these different social issues. And the thing about these issues is, like, they're going to become prominent once they're over. 
for example, residential schools, it only became prominent as an issue after everything was said and done kind of thing. And the same thing is going to happen here, mark my words. And it just really upsets me, this news. Be sure to sign the petition, the link to the petition that I put. Okay. Sign the petition. I I know. Okay. Bye-bye. Be sure to sign the petition I put in the description. And do check out a bunch of different resources. And guys, do your own research, please. Like, I'm, I know I definitely got a couple facts wrong. I was actually doing that research pretty quick. Like, um, really quickly. So, you know. Also, happy late Mother's Day to any mothers who are listening. Um, I hope that. You guys had a good Mother's Day. Okay. I'll put the Instagram ads of all the posts that I read from as well. Thank you all so much for listening. Come back next week. If you guys ever have any suggestions, just DM me on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and I will definitely take those into account. Okay, bye.